Let's open our Bibles, John uh, chapter 20. We're going to do that thing too. John chapter 20. Uh, last week we talked about Sunday night in Jerusalem where, you know, the day that Jesus rode from, rose from the dead and then he, he appears amongst the, uh, the disciples and the walls couldn't stop him. He just miraculously came right in the middle there and he's, and he's speaking to them. And, and, but, but we know that, that Jesus promised that where two or three are gathered together that he would be there in the midst of them. That's what he said in Matthew chapter uh, 18. And so I believe and I, and I trust that he is here with us today because we have gathered here today in Jesus' name. Right? Yes. Are you with me so far? Yes. Okay, I'm just checking. I want to get you on track here. So, so he's right here with us today. Whatever your problem situation is, uh, you know, up, down, wherever you are, he is right here today. And that's why we come together to meet with Jesus. What, does he stay, what did he say to them? You remember? What was the key word that he said to them when he got in their midst? Peace, he said. Peace. So where do you and I get peace? We get it from Jesus, the risen Savior, and, and that's where we find the blessings. That's where we are blessed. He, he, they were, they were uh, in this middle of, of all this grief, but it was turned to joy when they saw Jesus Christ. And that's what happened. And that's what happens to you and I as well. When we have a connection, when we meet with Jesus Christ, something changes. I was thinking about this too, you know. The walls couldn't stop him. The doors were locked. And our security team can't stop Jesus from getting in here. Right? Is that... He just comes right in, right? Because we meet here in Jesus' name. And so, and, I, and that was kind of a shout out to our security team because I really appreciate you guys, okay? Yeah. So then Jesus sends them out to share everything they'd seen, everything they'd heard, and he, and he promises and he gives them the power to do it by the Holy Spirit. He says he breathed on them and, and, and says, you know, go out. I'm giving you this power. So that's kind of where we left it off and uh, left it off last week. So we're going to pick it up today in verse 24. Uh, one of the disciples wasn't there, right? His name is Thomas, right? We all call him Doubting Thomas, but we're going to talk about that in a minute because Thomas, basically what he said was, I won't believe unless I will not. And he had this refusal to believe. To believe what? To believe that Jesus had risen from the dead, right? That's, he, you know, he believed Jesus died. He knew that. He believed Jesus was a, a real uh, person. He'd been with him three years, but he didn't believe that Jesus had risen from the dead, and, and, it, and it affected him. And I wonder, there's this thing, and this is what I want to focus in on today. There's this thing about him refusing. He, he, he made a decision. It's a refusing to believe. We're going to talk about that. And I, and I ask the question, I like to ask questions, you know, that can we do that? Can we refuse to believe? I'm just not going to believe. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to listen. But Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead. And in this, in this particular setting here, this is what Jesus, this is what sets Jesus apart from all others, that he rose from the dead. So this is a, obviously this is the heart and this is the, a crucial 
a crucial understanding. Let's pick it up in verse 24 and see what it says here. Now, Thomas, called Didymus, which means the twin, one of the twelve, he was not with the disciples when Jesus came. He wasn't there. And, you know, the, one of, the, one of the, the key principles about Bible study is you ask questions of the text. Well, it says he wasn't there. Well, where was he? Why wasn't he there? Who was Thomas? Well, he was the twin. He was one of the twelve. We know some things about him. Now, earlier in the Gospel of John, in chapter 11, uh, in the setting of uh, in the story about Lazarus, uh, Jesus said, you know, basically he was telling his disciples, you know, he, Lazarus has died. He's not alive. They were saying, well, he's asleep. No, he's not asleep. And Thomas said this. He said, let us also go that we may die with him. So he had this kind of like charging attitude. Let's just, okay. Well, let's go. We'll go. We'll die too. And then in chapter 14, when Jesus said, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you and you know the way. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. We don't even know where you are going, so how can we possibly know the way? Pastor Chuck said this. He said, Thomas was a practical sort. He said, never one to pretend to believe something that he didn't really believe or to know something he didn't know. And, th- and that's a good thing, right? He wasn't a pretender. You know, there's no room for pretenders. We, there's no room for us to be pretenders. And so in one sense, it was good. But, but let's get back to the question now about Thomas. He, we saw some of, some of the things he said earlier. Of course, you know, those were just two statements out of a whole life of this guy, Thomas. But where was he now? When Jesus showed up, where was he? What was going on? Matthew Henry says, was he sick? Was he, you know, he didn't have enough notice that they were meeting together? Was he away on a business trip? Was he afraid to be with those that were called disciples? I think one thing is clear is that Thomas missed out. He missed out. Now, it wasn't the end of his life, right? And we're going to see what happens. But he missed out in that particular setting and situation. John Corson said this. And I have to be careful how I deal with this. And, and, because one of the last things that I ever that I ever want people to come and be a part of fellowship is out of guilt, right? But I think we can miss out because we get sidetracked and we, get, we miss out because of that. John Corson, the pastor in, in Oregon, he said, I suppose one of the saddest things I see is, as a pastor are disciples who miss the meeting. They're out there struggling while Jesus is appearing in the midst of the gathering. And, and I know how that happens too. Warren Wiersbe said it this way. He said, when we are discouraged and defeated, we need our friends all the more. Solitude only feeds discouragement and grows into self-pity because we get like that and we, we don't really want to go to church. We don't want to go with, to be with those people because they're all happy and I'm not. Now that, is that true? No, it's not true. Unless we're all a bunch of pretenders, which we already said that's not a good thing, right? Wearsby said, remember Thomas when you're tempted to stay home. 
You never know what special blessing you might miss. And I think that's true. That's something that, that happened here too. And again, you know, you're not here to see me. I said that last week. You're, not, you're here to meet with Jesus. You, what does Jesus want to do? And if, he, if he's honoring his promise to be here in our midst, he can speak to you. And I believe that he will. And I believe that he can. Wow, he does this through his word, of course. One of the things, and I'll move on from this again, uh, I'm not trying to put pressure on you. I just don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to, 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 to not have the, the blessings that, that, that the Lord has for you. But it's well known. It's, it's well known that uh, the mental health issues have skyrocketed during this isolation and during these lockdowns. Is that true? It, you go do a research, a study, even Google will tell you. Who is Google anyways? He knows so much. He'll tell you that, that these things have skyrocketed and, 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 and you know, it, it's just insane the things that have happened. And now, kind of what's happened out of that, now we kind of see, well, we got locked into that and then we developed these bad habits and then we've got lazy all in the name of whatever you want to call it. Don't miss out. And even if you have to find a church where you like better, go there, but stay going there. Don't miss out. I, I saw this guy on, on the computer yesterday, and he was, like, he was going for it, and I'm going, wow, I wish I could talk like that. Except he had a suit on. I said, nah, that's just not me. you got to be yourself, right? i got to be who I am. I'm not going to be try to be somebody else. But it's not the guy. It's not the, the one who's speaking. It's Jesus that meets you here. That's what's going to make a difference. I'm sorry. That's bottom line. That's it. And that's why we keep, keep reading the word. So let's move on. Verse 25. So Thomas wasn't there. He missed out. So the other disciples, they told him... And the tense of that verse, uh, that verb is the continuous tense, meaning they continually told him, they kept telling him, what? We have seen the Lord. Now, these are guys he'd been with for, for uh, you know, three years. He'd been there, you know, a long, long time. If you can't trust them, who can you trust? They, have, they said, you know, we have all seen the Lord, and, and would we lie to you? Why wouldn't he believe them? Why wouldn't he believe them? I think it's a problem with believing. I think, I think it really is, my thought is that it's a heart issue. It's something about our heart. I, I, and look what he says. He said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. That's, that's a pretty clear statement, isn't it? I think, I think he was from Missouri. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, man. So, some of you are still going, Why? They're just not, you're just not, you know, bold enough to say it out loud like some people. <laughs> but I'll tell you, okay, Missouri is called the show me state. Okay, that's the motto. I don't think it's the official motto, but it's the show me state. 
So Thomas, he, he, he's laying down these conditions, right? He's giving his demands. There's no way. I'm not going to believe unless this, this, and this, and this happens. Now, do, you, do we ever do that? Well, Lord, I'm not going to believe you on that unless you do this and this and this. Like we know what should be and shouldn't be. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they tested Jesus, didn't they? They said, we want a sign. You've got to show us a miraculous sign. The, the word that says here that, that, that Thomas said, I will not believe. If you look up that word not, it means no, not, cannot, by no means, surely not. That's what he's saying. I will not, by no means, I'm not going to believe. This is a, a, a decision, you see. I think Thomas, again, we, we call him doubting Thomas, but I think there is a difference between doubting and refusing to believe. Somebody, somebody said it like this, that doubting is questioning what you believe, but unbelief is, is the determined refusal to believe. Warren Wiersbe said that the doubt isn't like an intellectual problem, but unbelief is a moral problem, usually evidence of hard hearts, not of searching minds. See, there's a heart problem here. I'm not going to believe. I'm just, you know, it's a decision he'd made in his heart. Now, before we get, you know, too far on this, was Thomas the only one that had this problem? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Mark, Mark chapter 16, it says there that the others, they didn't believe when Mary Magdalene told them. They didn't believe when the two disciples on the road to Emmaus who saw Jesus told uh, them. And Jesus came when he came, you know, It says that he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe. That's what the Bible says, Mark chapter 16. You can read it. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe. So this is exactly what's happening here with Thomas, you see. But they they weren't any better, though they, they like to think, you know, well, you know, come on, Thomas, step up here with us. But maybe, maybe, hopefully their attitude was, you know, we were like that too, Thomas, but, but, but really we saw him and he really, really is alive. The stubborn refusal to believe. I think you and I can do that today too. Thomas was doing it. To believe means, and, and the Greek word is pistos, and, and it means to think to be true, to be persuaded of, to have this conviction and trust. Or to commit to, to have faith, to believe. Thomas says, I will not believe. Verse 26, a week later. A week later, this is again on a Sunday. His disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. He's with them this time, you know, and and, and this is again Sunday, a week later, and and some think that, you know, we see in this that that this is is how we came to gather on the first day of the week on the Sunday. And I think it's kind of cool in in one way is in, in the fact that we gather on a Sunday because Sunday is the day of resurrection, that's the day he rose from the dead. So, so it's like every day we gather, 
every Sunday that we meet together, another good reason that we're celebrating the resurrection, that He's alive. This is the risen, living Lord that we serve. We want to hear from. The doors were locked again. I don't know, maybe there's still a little bit of fear there. But Jesus came and stood among them, and He says it again. He says, peace be with you. I just love that, man, because so, so much, so many times we need peace, don't we? Peace be with you. And, and we can have it, and then we lose it. I, you know, I had, a, I had a wonderful experience of peace this week, and I was struggling with some things and, and stressed out about some things. And, 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 and you know where I found peace always, always for me is in the Scripture and the Word of God. God opens up the Word and, and reading in Psalm uh, 37... And, and, and I just had this incredible peace. But you know, like three days later, I'm like, oh man, where's that peace? I want that peace again. Because we, there's something we need, but, but we have to continually go back to Jesus. Keep our eyes focused on him. That's where we're going to find the peace. Jesus said in John 14, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. So there's something that we have a say in this, whether we're going to listen to him, whether we're going to go to him and, and tell him. And I think it's okay for us to go to, to, go to, to him often and say, Lord, I, I need your peace. I want your peace. God, I, I, I need you. I need you in my life. He's saying it. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my life, Lord. Speak what is true. This is the truth here. This is God's word. This is what's going to change us. This is what's going to change your life. Then, verse 27, I love this. Then he said to who? To Thomas. He goes right to Thomas. Specifically to Thomas, he speaks to him personally. Now notice he's, he's in the middle of this gathering, but, he, but the Lord Jesus speaks directly to Thomas, personally, specifically. I love that. Do you think Thomas had any peace, though? I, I think if anybody in the room didn't have any peace, it was certainly Thomas. And Jesus says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hands and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. <laughs> Think about the things Jesus said to him, first of all. Isn't that exactly what Thomas had said the week before? <laughs> and Jesus wasn't, he wasn't, or not the week before, but when Thomas was saying those words, it was sometime in the middle, obviously. But Jesus wasn't there at that point in time. So, but, but Jesus wasn't there, but he heard everything that Thomas had said. He knew exactly what Thomas's problem was. Now, can we apply that to ourselves? We don't want to, at least not the first part, that, that the Lord Jesus hears everything that we say. We like the part that he knows all the problems that I have and the struggles that I have. I like that part. But Jesus heard everything Thomas had said. He knew everything about it. And yet, David Guzik points out in mercy and kindness, Jesus gave Thomas what he asked for. He could have said, he could have said, and he could have poured on the guilt, right? 
Thomas, where were you? Why weren't you here? He didn't know. He, he came to him and spoke to him. And that's why I said, it's, life's not over if we miss a meeting or something. I get that. But, but you know, it's, it, it's getting into the habit or a bad habit. What, is, what does Jesus tell him? I can't even see that screen. What does it say? He says, be not faithless, but believing. This version says, "Be you know, uh, stop doubting uh, and believe. But as I said, I, I think there's a difference between doubting and believing. Literally, the, the words that Jesus uses here is, is uh, for believing is pistos or faith for believing. But the word for not believing is apistos. And when you put the letter A or alpha in front, it makes it a negative, you see. So it's the negative of faith, the negative of believing. He said, don't be unbelieving. Don't be apistos, but be pistos, means believe. Thomas, you need to believe. You need to trust. And I think it was a challenge to him. You need to believe. You need to trust me. Now, one of the reasons why I think that this applies to us and something that is so important is what a verse I found in, in, the, in the book of Hebrews chapter 3. I have it on the screen. It says this, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you, and notice he says, brethren, an, an evil heart of apistos, in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the, the, the deceitfulness of sin. See what he says here? You know, we need to be challenging one another. We need to be exhorting one another. And Jesus is certainly exhorting Peter here as he exhorted them before, the other disciples before, that, that they were stubbornly refusing to believe. And he says here, exhort one another daily. We need to challenge one another. But are you believing? Are you trusting the Lord here? Are you trusting the Lord in this situation that you're facing? Or are you just looking at it from your very own perspective? Notice he says that, that this hardening comes through the deceitfulness of sin, where, where the, the sinfulness of our own nature, the sinfulness of the world, it, 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 it has this... this uh, thing to take us away from trusting and believing so we need to be watching out for one another and again how can you do that if you're isolated how can you speak to someone else or how can you hear from someone else if you're isolated and you're not with other believers Matthew Henry and I think the older I get I, the more I love Matthew Henry uh, but, but as I mentioned a number of weeks back, Matthew Henry's idea was to make the scripture accessible to people. But, but he said this about this. He said, be not faithless, apistas. For if we are faithless, we are Christless, graceless, hopeless, and joyless. Isn't that powerful? When we're, not, when we're not actively and, 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 and trusting in the Lord, this is where we are. We got no joy. We got no hope, no grace, 
no Jesus, we're, 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 we're struggling big time and that's why we need to get back. And Jesus said, trust me, will you, trust me, will you believe in me that I am the risen Savior, the risen Lord, and I am alive and I, and I am working. I am working in your life. Even if you can't see. Romans chapter 10 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your, where? Heart. That God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. I missed a part of my notes here. I'm not supposed to get to that yet. Ah, I see what happened now. Believe in your heart. It's a heart problem, you see. It's an heart issue. Where's my heart? Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Thomas's response in verse 28, what, is, what does he say to all this? Now, he, I think his eyes were completely open, obviously. He had this radical thing that happened. Thomas said to Jesus, my Lord... And my God. No pretending anymore here. Nothing that's going on here. And many think that this is like the high point of this gospel, the gospel of John, where Thomas makes this exclamation. In fact, someone said this, that his exclamation surpasses all that had been yet uttered or said, nor can it be surpassed by anything that ever will be uttered in heaven or earth. That's a big statement about what Thomas said here. And he got to this place, my Lord and my God, it it is you. You are alive. He went from this place of unbelief to, to a place of radical faith. He called him Lord. He called him God. But notice, and I think this is a huge point as well, he says, my Lord, my God. See, Jesus came and spoke to him personally, but, but his faith, that his, his trust, his belief was a very, very personal thing. He didn't say our Lord and our God, though those things were true, but personally it became very real to him. He said, my Lord and my God. It's not, you know, our parents' faith. It's not your, the person with you in church. It's your own faith. It's got to be my faith. I have to believe for myself. Now, we challenge and help each other, of course, along the way, but we have to have our own faith and our own relationship with God. We, I, I saw it, you know, in, in, in the children as they grew up, you know, they, they kind of depended on our faith, you know, and those of you that raised children, you know what I'm talking about. But it came to a certain point in time where they had to make it their own. You can't do it for them. You can't make them have it. They have to make that decision. They have to have their own faith. Thomas got to that place, didn't he? My Lord and my God. We all have to come to that place. I have to say that. I have to be able to say that. Verse 29, we'll finish with that. Then Jesus told him, told who? Told Thomas. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I was looking at this verse and I was thinking about it. He said, you know, you have seen and you have believed, but those that have not seen yet have believed, they are blessed. We talked about that word about being blessed. Here it is, another one of those beatitudes like Matthew chapter 5. He says, because you have seen me, you have believed. But notice, I, I was thinking about this. They're both believers. They're both true believers, those that have seen and those that have not seen. They're both believers. But it appears that there's actually a, a special blessing for those that have not seen with the eyes, but yet have believed. That's you and me. Unless maybe you've had a vision of Jesus, perhaps. Does that happen? Sure, I think it can happen. But for most of us, it doesn't happen. But this word blessed, and, and I love this word, in, in the Old Testament and in the New, it has the same meaning. Does anybody know what it means? The word blessed? Pardon? That's true, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Happy. That's what it means. Look it up. Go to your blue letter Bible. Look it up. Do it right now if you want to, if you don't believe me. If you doubt me, wait, which one is it now? It means to be blessed, to be happy. And, and there was a special blessing for those who, who do not see. So for Thomas to say, you know, he was missing out on a blessing for say, I will not believe unless I see. And Jesus said, you know, blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Isn't that faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what? Things not seen. This is where our faith, this is where our belief comes. Peter said, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, it's, this is what's happening here. There's this blessing, there's this joy, there's this happiness that comes. Why? By believing in Him. And, and, I, and I know it's true in my own life. When I am trusting Him, there's, there's something positive that's taking place. But when I am not believing in Him, and I'm looking at all the circumstances, and I'm believing in myself or believing in all kinds of other silly, stupid things, I don't have that joy. I don't have any kind of peace. I don't have any kind of, of happiness. Though you haven't seen him, you love him, you believe in him, you're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. One kind of side note, thinking about this guy Thomas, what was Thomas's future? What happened to Thomas? Because you can read about all these different, uh, you know, apostles, disciples, and find out what happened to them. And, and it's interesting to note when you study and, and read about Thomas that they believe that he became a missionary and he, and he went to the, the nation of India. And, and, I, and I believe that's true because there is a church, there is a church, a, a, a national church in India that, that they, say you know, they, they say their roots come from this guy Thomas who came and we went... Uh, we were in a place, we went to, you know, this place where they had a thing going on there, and it was, I didn't care much for that kind of a shrine kind of thing. But John Corson says this, he says, Thomas was warned to be quiet, but kept preaching. And his opponents 
ran a spear through him. But the church in India still flourishes today. Very different from what we read about here, isn't it? So you have this encounter with Jesus and he changes you. He changes us. And he had this boldness. He went out and, and he, you know, he gave his life. And, and, and yet today, there, you know, there are, are things going on in the nation, this nation of, of over a billion people of faith because this guy Thomas, he went boldly. He just went out and, and he wasn't afraid to, to talk about Jesus Christ, the one that was his Lord and his God. Let's pray together, shall we?